What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Mavs Film Room Podcast. It is Thursday, February 23rd, very late in the day. It's 11.35 p.m. Central Time, right after the Mavericks got a resounding 142-116 to victory against the San Antonio Spurs in their first game back from the All-Star break. Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving combined for 51 points, and Justin Holiday made his Mavericks debut and had a very great debut. He had 15 points on 5 of 6 shooting from 3 in 21 minutes of game time. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. also had a great game, 22 points, 6 of 11 from 3. And the Mavericks got back in the win column after dropping their last three games. Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic got their first win as a duo. And we saw just how potent the Mavericks offense is when these two guys are not even clicking on full cylinders. I don't think I could say that either of these guys had their best game with Luka having 28. That's five points below his season average of 33. And Kyrie Irving had 23, which is, uh, I want to say, four points below his season average of 27 per game. So um, with those two guys having what we would consider subpar performances, the Mavericks were still able to get a 26-point win against an inferior opponent, which I think qualifies as a good victory. And now we're going to analyze it, probably not for too long because it's one game, but it's always good to get back in the win column. We got everyone here to do it. Rohan, Fazel, Vinay, what's up, guys? Okay, Rohan, Fazel, it's a Justin holiday. It's a national holiday. It is truly a national holiday. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say because I'm running on like four hours of sleep, but it was it was a great game, and I'm doing pretty well today, so you guys are too. It was a great game. Um, you know, I, I think uh, Mavs fans have been waiting for this moment pretty much ever since the, the trade went down for Kyrie Irving which uh, happened more than two weeks ago, I guess. Uh, so we had to wait a little while for Kyrie and Luca to get a win together, but tonight it finally happened. Um, you know, I, I, I think you would like to see the defense be better. Um, certainly, like, allowing 63 first-half points to the Spurs, who are very clearly tanking for Victor Wenmanyama. Um, that's not a great defensive performance, but I think we also have to be realistic about this team and who they have on their roster. Uh, I guess before we talk about Luka and Kyrie, because we have already kind of talked about them, we got to talk about Justin Holiday because on our last podcast, I think we all kind of agreed that, you know, Justin Holiday uh, was likely not going to make much of an impact for the Mavericks. And granted, it's been one game, but he showed that he really could make an impact, not just scoring the ball and shooting the ball, but defensively. I mean, his length uh, was a real plus for the Mavericks tonight. Uh, you know, defensively, he was able to, you know, get up on the Spurs players, but also jump the passing lanes. But even beyond that, like his length was very helpful on the rebounding glass. Like there was two instances that I could think of where his length pretty much allowed the Mavs to get rebounds that would have probably been offensive rebounds for the Spurs under normal circumstances. I mean, and Holiday only had two rebounds tonight, but uh, just overall, like his game is so under control. And that's probably something I didn't really know about him. And I wasn't really familiar with his game from that perspective, uh, as the meme goes. <laughs> I feel like Shaq says that every month about a new player. So 
it's eternally relevant. Teddy only needs to know the top 10 players in the NBA, so Justin Holiday will be on that list shortly. <laughs> yeah, so... Um... <laughs> Y'all paused as if I was going to say something. Um, okay, yeah, Kyrie scored 23 points, and I think y'all are missing the agenda here. Uh, it's February 23rd, 2023. He scored Oh, by the way, points. happy birthday. Happy birthday. Appreciate it, my guy. I should have included that in the intro. It's fine. I, I, yeah. didn't, I, I don't know how that is applicable to Mavs basketball but it is well it is relevant it to is this applicable podcast. because without you mass film room wouldn't exist and without mass film room the dallas mavericks wouldn't exist so there you go this is true i heard you took a bath in the river today so you know. <laughs> yeah i had to get back to my roots you know and <laughs> the God few God. i have left ganges looking motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Kyrie seems like the type of guy who's into numerology so yeah he would score 23 points and be like I'm not doing anything more today because of the significance of that number today not just to me but like in the date wait he was honoring LeBron James who wore 23 for a long stretch of his career Kyrie he, would, he was for... telling LeBron to come to Dallas bro come to Dallas draft Bronny Jr. to Dallas bro that is an optimistic interpretation. ESPN first take is going to lead off with Kyrie scored 23 on 223. How is he going to get to the Lakers this time? Here's my thing, bro. Kendrick Perkins doesn't understand that like the 500 IQ hot take here is actually not saying Kyrie should go to, to LA. It's saying that LeBron should come here because nobody expects him to say that on ESPN, right? Everybody will talk about it. It's good why for the ratings. Why would he want to live in LA? Why would he want to live in LA? Would he can get a nice three-story home in Preston Hollow? These are the questions that ESPN aren't. LeBron thinking. could own half the state, dude. He did. He just could. Yeah. <laughs> he could. Uh, he could own part of the team after retiring. But that we're kind of getting a little off topic here. I was gonna say a um, little, a little, just a little. Question was, oh, Justin. <laughs> I, we're talking about Justin really Holiday. <laughs> really quickly, yesterday you guys didn't blast me, but you thought, like, I don't know. I said ten to twelve minutes would be like a good, optimistic, reasonable outcome for Justin Holiday to reach in the playoff rotation. And I mean, off this one game sample size, I mean, I feel like that's a reachable goal for him. Um, we can get a playoff rotation player out of the buyout market that's like that's about as like what you can expect from the buyout yeah. market actually like way more than what you can expect from the buyout market True. so just from that standpoint alone a success so far no like i said short sample size that we've seen i'll go on record i did not i did not critique that that uh that statement from you mm -hmm. um jaded okay maybe i just overread the body language we, we, were, we were literally not video. using video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, my okay. guy. No, I, I was definitely skeptical about uh, Justin Holiday, just given his numbers this season and also in his career. I thought that the Mavericks might have, you know, settled a little bit too hard for him. But I, I, I'm confident in saying that I was wrong. I mean, he's not going to shoot 83% from three every game, but... Just, I think the defense that he gives you is going to be super valuable, and we'll see that down the stretch of the season. He's 
No, that's definitely yeah. the thing. Go ahead, go ahead, Fuzzle. Yeah, um, I thought it was kind of... I don't think it means anything, but it's kind of funny to see like Hawks fans were complaining about Justin Holiday after the game. Including um, Trey Young's because, dad. Yeah, Trey Young's dad in particular. He was like, I forget what exactly he said when you guys can pull up that tweet, but um, it's entirely possible, I guess, that he just like stopped giving a shit and, you know, the vibes were bad on the Hawks and now he's on a team that has like Luka and Kyrie and, you know, actual aspirations um, that he could be like picking it back up again. I was going to look up that tweet from Trey Young's dad, but apparently I'm blocked by him. So, what, <laughs> what did you do? Well, how do you know, get blocked man. by Trey Young's dad? What did you possibly do? I don't know, man. I, uh, you know, had Leave a long, I've had a long life on Twitter. So, you must have I, talked to Jared Cunningham. Jerry, maybe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I got to go back and look at the tweet from the Mass Film Room account. But essentially, it was like <laughs> something, it was like kind of a passive aggressive comment about how like he wasn't hitting those shots in Atlanta and he was like, the young man can shoot. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think Atlanta is just not a good environment and it hasn't been for a long time. Maybe Rayford Young's son has something to do with that. But. Uh, <laughs> You know, it just seems like every player that's there really just hates their life, and every player that oh. leaves has a, you know, has a new appreciation for life. Yeah, and I mean, like I've already said twice before, like we do have to see more of a sample size, especially when it comes to the shooting with Justin Holiday. And I mean, we did see the kind of looks that we he got today. I think we can expect him to see those type of looks going forward in the future, especially playing off Luca and Kyrie. Um, but I mean, I obviously, like I said before, I've been very pleased with what I saw in this short game versus team in the Victor Bombayama sweepstakes. Yeah, bridging to something I mentioned on the last episode, uh, rotations should be getting shortened because we're on the last quarter of the season. And I, I would say from this, I don't think it's necessarily small sample size to say that he's more capable at a lot of things than anyone else on the roster. So I think... He, next to Maxi in a lot of minutes, will take off that burden, uh, who, by the way, we expected him to play this game. Um, unfortunately, did not get that, but hopefully will soon. Um, but when that does happen, this is promising for at least easing up some of that point of attack issue. That being said, it is the Spurs. It's not like you're playing against even the Rockets, where they have some really dynamic... Guys with some quick first steps, hops. That is true. Fossil, you have any Justin Holiday takes? Um, not really. And to be frank, I, God damn it, no pun. Um, <laughs> I don't think that there are really very many takeaways from this game in particular because, you know, the defense was lacking overall through the first two maybe three quarters um I'll, i will be honest i didn't watch the entire game with you guys but um i you know i was keeping up with it on twitter a little bit and then in the fourth quarter and also the end of uh, end of the third quarter you know the game got blown wide open and of course the spurs had no answer for fourth quarter Kyrie. anyway i'm i'm digressing like it's gonna I think we're going to be able to get better observations about Justin Holiday and about this team in general when the Mavs don't play a team that's now lost 15 straight games. That is a good point. But I think that's a good transition to like um, 
you know, the Mavericks were, I think, firing pretty close to on all cylinders on offense for almost the entire, you know, first three quarters. Like, they got off to maybe a slowish start on offense in the first quarter, but I think they quickly picked it up towards the end of the first quarter. Um, and then, you know, second quarter, third quarter, they were really playing well on offense. Uh, defensively, like, it just seemed like they weren't getting enough stops. I mean, I think to start the second quarter, San Antonio hit like four threes, right? And then, uh, you know, it felt like every time the Mavs would hit a three, San Antonio would answer back with one. Um, and interior defense, I mean, it's been a problem for the Mavericks all season. No different tonight. Uh, Keldon Johnson was able to get in and, and score at will many times. Uh, Zach Collins, um, you know, Massey, I don't know his first name, but he also had a lot of good uh, moments scoring the ball on the interior. So uh, those were things that I think kept this game closer than it should have been for longer. But then when Kyrie Irving started the fourth quarter, he had that run of like, you know, six or eight straight points that pretty much took the game from a 10-point game to like a, you know, 20-point game really fast. And that at that point, the game was over. Like the Mavericks were able to fend off San Antonio for the rest of the game. And I think San Antonio also realized that uh, to win this game, truly they had to lose the game. Um, and that worked out in the Mavs' favor as well. Because defensively, their fourth quarter was probably better than the other three quarters. Yeah, I, the Spurs clearly are not trying to be the winningest team in the NBA in this last post-All-Star break. But I, I think we did get to see a good amount of like what the chemistry of this team, or not chemistry, or what the makeup of this team going into the playoffs could be, especially with Christian Wood. I think Christian Wood had a quietly good game, and I was pretty impressed with this game. Um not a lot of egregious mistakes or, or anything that he just like was blind to. Um, and I think a part of this is also Kyrie makes him ancillary on the off offensive end. I think we talked about this obviously before the Kyrie trade, before the trade deadline even, about how Christian Wood is a really good third guy. Um, and I think we're seeing that. Seven rebounds yeah, thought, from him tonight. Pretty big. Yeah, I thought tonight he played a pretty good offensive game because he got a lot of his points at the rim. Um, and I think he made it a point to be aggressive driving to the basket. I mean, he only shot two threes, missed both of them. Um, I don't know if he hit a jump shot in this game. It felt like he missed all his jump shots. But yeah, you, you got to give him credit for you know being aggressive and driving to the rim and taking advantage of the lack of interior defense and defense in general played by the Spurs. So, I mean, again, for, for all the players in this game, except maybe Luka and Kyrie, like this wasn't terribly representative representative of what they could do going on uh, for the season. But uh, it's good to see that they took advantage of the opportunity, right? Like you look at the scoring distribution tonight, uh, of all the players who played, everyone except three scored in double figures. Like the only players to not score in double figures were... Frank Nilakina, who played 21 minutes, Theo Pinson, who played six minutes, and Jaden Hardy, who played four and a half minutes. So pretty much every player except Frank Nilakina, who played meaningful minutes in this game, scored in double figures, which I don't know when the last time that's happened for the Mavericks, but that was really nice to see too. Uh, to play devil's advocate on the Christian Wood part, 
Um, he only played 22 minutes today, and he closed with the garbage time unit. Avell McGee didn't play. He was a coach's decision. Obviously, Maxi Kleber's not back yet. So, like, in spite of all the positives that we may have seen from him, especially on offense when he was driving to the rim, um, it's it still seems like he's going to be on the short end of the stick on the in terms of the rotation and the minutes he's going to get, and it just is what it is. I agree with that. I just think there's value in even somebody who, even when he's not hitting his shots, he's aggressive in getting to the basket. Because on a team with Luka and Kyrie, you're drawing a lot of fouls. Like, you're drawing a lot of fouls. And so even a couple, like two or three in a quarter, can really stave off momentum, which is why he's kind of impactful even in those small minutes. And in this game, I think he was eight of nine from the free throw line. Yeah, eight of nine free throw attempts is really good. In 22 minutes, I just think the expectations and in garbage expectations for him need to be. uh, They should have been adjusted already, but just for sure, they need to be adjusted to. He's going to be this bench guy that we don't know how much he's going to play. It's going to be kind of a see how he plays during the game and go from there. But even on his hot days, he's not going to necessarily even play a lot with the starting unit. Right. I mean, 22 minutes, he still gave you two turnovers. So, I think it's kind of funny on. Sorry. Five fouls. One of those five fouls, he got trucked by Devontae Graham, who's one of the smaller players in the NBA. Um, so he still has those rim protection issues that, I mean, we just, the Mavericks just seem to not give a fuck about addressing center, but that's a different subject. I mean, look, like, I think at this point, like, Christian Wood <clears throat> is who he is. Um, he's a guy who comes off the bench who's capable of scoring in bunches and also gives the Mavs a little bit of a different dynamic because. Uh, of the fact that he's a big man who can score like that. Uh, so he's a unique player in that sense. We know that he's not a good defender. Uh, you know, we know that he's going to rack up fouls um, if he's not getting blocks and he's not going to protect the rim. But at this point of the season, I think you got to live with it. I mean, you know, 38 combined points between him and Tim off the bench uh, is probably as much as you can ask for. Um, you know, and then add in 15 from Justin Holiday. And all of a sudden, you know, for one night, the Mavericks bench scoring woes went away. But we'll see how it goes uh, going forward this season again. Just one game against probably the worst team in the league or one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, but it was good to see the Mavs get a decisive win at the end. Despite the yeah, Pelicans, I mean, that's, precip- despite the Pelicans' precipitous drop off, the worst in the division at the very least. Yeah, the Pelicans drop-off, I think, directly correlates with the fact that their franchise player can't stay on the floor for a consecutive string of games. And it's it sucks because Zion's fun to watch to play basketball, but it just is what it is with him. Um, but yeah, yeah, to your point, Jay, I think the bench scoring that we got from tonight, I don't think that's something that we can necessarily expect on a night-to-night basis. But, I mean, it was definitely good to see against a Victor Wembayama team. I'm just <laughs> going to start calling them that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think like, you know, the makeup of this team is is a lot different than it was before. I mean, if you look at the production of players outside of Luka and Kyrie, like it looks a lot like what they were last season, like guys hitting their three-point shots. I mean, Bullock, four for six from three, that pretty much constituted all of his scoring. Um, Justin Holiday again, five for six from three. Uh, that was all, all of his scoring came on threes. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., six of 11. Um, 18 of his 22 points came on threes. So again, like this team now has the added element or the luxury of having someone 
like Kyrie Irving to do you know to do the main scoring outside of Luca, uh, but at the same time outside of Luca and Kyrie, it's still very much this you know team that relies on making threes. But because you have Kyrie, you can rely on it a little bit less than you used to in the past. For sure, and especially the I think the playmaking, especially too with Kyrie, the scoring and the playmaking that we're getting from him is has just been super impressive and something that we've lacked since Jalen Brunson left for the New York City area. And it's more dynamic than I would say Spencer Dinwiddie's was. Spencer Dinwiddie is still the kind of like shock playmaking shot creator guy who's who's still gonna make buckets for himself way better than he's making buckets for other people. Um, he's also very much a rhythm scorer, rhythm shooter especially. So it's hard to get him into spots off ball entirely like that. So you just kind of had to run offense through him and also lack of personnel. But in this case, I think we're seeing the ball get passed around a little bit more. It, it being put into positions where, let's say, Josh Green, who I, I sidebar, I was kind of concerned about his game tonight just because of the lack of, I would expect in this matchup he would flourish but didn't get to see that for him tonight. But we have gotten to see him play a bigger role in driving and kicking, um, which he has been doing all season, but with Kyrie, and especially tonight, saw it a few times, um, used very effectively. So hope that we see more of that in the future. Uh, and just generally hope he shoots better. Oh, for sure. I mean, his skill set, especially off those two guys, is just... Like a perfect skill set if he can do it consistently to his to its peak ability that we've seen Josh Green do um stretches at a time. Yep. I don't want to spend too much time talking about a game against a tanking team, but I uh, just want to see if you all have any closing thoughts. Um I guess like based off everything you guys said just now, it is pretty interesting how the Mavericks basically rebuilt last season's team. And, you know, they swapped out that third ball handler for basically, I can't think of any significant alterations besides Christian Wood. If you got like a significant rotational role in in the playoffs, he could maybe do his best Bobby Portis impression. I mean, I've seen that comparison get um, swung around a lot on Twitter. I'm not sure if I'd say he's even on Portis's level, but he, I do think he has the talent to be. It's just that he's not, you know, He's not exactly a winning player with like winning habits, championship winning habits in the way that Portis has. Um, and I don't know if he was like this, if Portis was this good before he came to Milwaukee. I don't think so. Um, but he was similarly talented, just like Wood is, uh, before he came to Milwaukee. But like, you know, playing for a great organization that made deep playoff runs and um, playing off of a generational talent like Giannis, all that stuff, like that. I'm sure that aided in his development a whole lot. And, you know, you can kind of see that same vision there with Wood and Luca, but I guess ultimately it depends on how much Wood buys in. So um, considering how dire things look with him not staying here beyond this season, I that's I guess that's not something I want to dwell too much on, but like I do think that in theory, at least, the vision is there. That's a great point. I mean, Bobby Portis didn't play in many, if at all, any winning situations prior to going to Milwaukee. Uh, but you have to give him credit for accepting his role once he got to Milwaukee. Um, with Christian Wood, it's still not clear uh, if he's willing to accept that 
um, for who he is in his career. I mean, this is year eight for Christian Wood. So at some point, he's got to be honest with himself about how his career has gone um, and understand that that his best chance to maybe make the kind of impact that uh, he's looking for in the league might be in that Bobby Portis type role. So, you know, it definitely does seem dire, like you said, in terms of his situation in Dallas, but perhaps a productive playoff run in this role could kind of change things uh, for both the Mavericks and both Christian Wood. Bobby Portis, before he went to Milwaukee, was known for punching Nikola Meritich in the face in a practice. Uh, <laughs> Christian Wood thus far is known for the Shaq meme. So, like, just takes one good playoff run uh, to change your narrative, and it's a contract year for him, and obviously he wants to get his bag as much as we all do. Um, so, I mean, as as bad as the signs have been for Christian Wood, there's definitely, like, he has the ability to, like, if he locks in just for like a little bit of a playoff series just to contribute to a winning team and he can do that here. I I think that the pro I think that the Portis comp is profound. Um and I hope that it, it could be a mirror for what happens with Christian Wood in Dallas. I do want to qualify it though by saying that defensively Portis was always good. He was just raw um and couldn't necessarily get a lot of minutes because he would be unnecessarily physical. Right, so it, it was a thing of like holding it back a little bit more. I don't think Christian Wood can ever be defensively what Bobby Portis is, nor do I think anyone here is saying that. Um, I think the point being made is valid, though, if we're looking at that as a comparison for his offensive game. If he can just not play the AAU hero ball type, you know, just is everyone just taking mid-range jumpers off the bench? Um, ISOed on on one side of the court with no motion in the offense, and then like yeah. not trying to go get the rebound. Things can be pretty huh. good, uh. It, but it's Fair. if he's a very much a feel player. It's not. This is not anything. Is not to insult him. It's just like it, you got to play within the flow of a of an us, not an I. Oh, for sure. It, even in. I mean, even in that playoff run, though, that Milwaukee won the championship in, Bobby Portis was off the floor. Like, he did not get a lot of playing time versus the Nets in the second round of that playoff series because of his defensive liabilities. So, like, yeah. I mean, we'll see We'll see what Christian Wood does in the in the playoffs this year. He has never played in the playoffs before, if I'm not mistaken, right? This would be his first playoff run, so. Yeah, it would. Yeah, I mean, they got they got 21 games to figure it out, and I think that's what Jason Kidd has been saying, like, this is the time for everyone to get to know each other after the the yeah. trades and buyout signings and things like that. So, I mean, maybe he things still has can to change. figure out. Yeah, he still has to figure out how to get his offense within the flow of the offense, as opposed to like Rohan was saying, kind of. Yeah, it's just a kind of black holeish in terms of like, it's just not yeah. like a natural rhythm to the game. Yeah, I mean, if if the Mavericks start winning um, at a rate that they haven't been this whole season, then that probably can increase the likelihood of guys buying into their role because you know. Everyone enjoys winning like that. And if you don't, then you're just not a winning player. I think there is an element of this where it has to be a realization as a player that playing him, considering not just his own strengths and weaknesses, but your roster's strengths and weaknesses, makes him extremely matchup dependent. If he was on a roster where there was just defensive guys up and down, him being a foul machine would not be a problem. But on this team, it is right. Like, let's yeah, be let's no, be real. Yeah. That's what it is, and so that's what I'm saying when I'm saying it's a it's an us versus me thing. What's best for you isn't necessarily what works in the concept of everyone else. 
So in this case, right. it's like I think there needs to be a realization that playing him, oh, not just with him, I think he has bought in at times. I think the fan base at large, especially on Twitter, seems like there's a very large subsection of people who haven't realized he's extremely matchup dependent for the Dallas Mavericks in any iteration. So, yeah, he's not going to get the play some nights, and he's not going to perform as well some nights. But if he has the right habits, he can have a resurgence. Yeah, I think this is already too much Christian Wood talk for a game in which he only played 22 minutes. <laughs> I mean, I want to talk about an important Delikina, part of the team. but I don't. We don't have enough. <laughs> we don't have enough time for that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> let's uh, let's save it for the next episode. But uh, yeah, great win for the Mavericks tonight. 142 to 116 against uh, the Spurs. They got the Lakers coming up this Sunday afternoon. Uh, that's always going to be a big game, and hopefully the Mavericks can get a win on national TV against a team that we literally can never escape uh, from hearing about. But, uh, you know, Luca and Kyrie, I'm sure, are going to put forward their best uh, effort in that game, and it'll be fun. And, uh, yeah, then after that, I forget who we play. I think we play the 76ers. Uh, so, again, big games coming up here, uh, all leading up to that game against the Suns next sunday but we'll we'll be here with you every step of the way appreciate you all for listening appreciate you guys rohan fossil and vinay for joining happy birthday again rohan and we'll see you on the next episode uh be sure to subscribe to our feeds on apple Podcasts, spotify leave a review uh if you like what you hear and follow us on twitter at mavs film room if you haven't go mavs we'll see you soon <laughs>